Well, listen, uh, we're continuing on in our series here um, of uh, just this identity, who God says I am, and that's where we need to get our information anyway, right, is the Bible, who God says we are. Um, Has anybody ever here, you know, done some traveling either outside the country where, you know, you have to have your identification, and, you know, if you've been on a flight anywhere, you have to have some ID, right? Uh, It's critical. Some, some identification, and in particular, I know when we go to our, on our missions trip to Nicaragua, we say, you know, uh, hang on to that passport like it's gold. It's your, it's your golden ticket out of here when you need to leave, you know. Um, and so ha- having uh, our identification and proving who we are is important here on the earth, but uh, for believers, for followers of Jesus, it's important that we know who God says we are. Once you receive Christ, uh, there are certain things that are now true of you that were not true before, okay? And so, and and what we're talking about today is that when you become a Christian, uh, you become a member in God's family. You become a member in God's family. And so, uh, that is what we want to talk about. If you're an outliner, let me give you the three quick points, but then I'm going to have them up here in detail for you. But... Uh, we're going to, followers, the first point is going to be the followers of Jesus make up the family of God, okay? Second, it's going to be we come to the be in the family of God by faith. And then the last one, which is we'll spend most of the time on, is as members in God's family, we have responsibilities, okay? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. The last guy that talked went a little bit over time. I don't know who that was, but... No, I'm just, just kidding. Um, but uh, I'm not kidding that he went over time, but I do know who that was. Um, but anyway, so we're going to hit these, these points here. And, and by the way, this is not an exhaustive list when we talk about the responsibilities. I mean, I guess you could probably make that into a membership class if you, if you wanted to do that. But, but we're just going to talk, hit some of the highlights on what we know to be our responsibilities as uh, being a part of God's family. But let's just Let's just go to the Word here, and we're going to talk about how do we know that God even describes uh, His people as a family? Okay, where do we get this from? All right? Uh, And so, and by the way, I I noticed after I typed this in that I I probably should clarify something. You know how when you read something one way, it can take it one way? This could sound like followers of Jesus make up the family of God, like they made it up. Okay? But that's not what we mean. What we mean is the family of God consists solely of those who have a relationship with God through Jesus. So um, that was this was a quicker way to say it. But after I read that, I'm like, you know, now we're not making it up, (laughs) okay? But that's what it consists of, right? If you're a true follower of Jesus, you're part of the family of God, okay? Now in the scriptures, you you can get this uh, sense of of there being a family of God in a number of places, actually a lot of places really, but one would be in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 19 and 20. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you, and he's talking to Christians, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. And saints is another word for believer. With the saints and members of the household of God. And so one aspect of that, members of a household of God, is I think of as a family. Then he goes on, talks about this, this household, right? 
is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Right? So uh, this family that we're a part of as believers or this household of faith, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of that family. Okay? And so now it's interesting that on one, in one situation that Jesus was in, we get um, a view of how he views family, spiritual family. And he says this, and we get this sense in Mark chapter 3, verses 31 to 35. Listen to this. So we're kind of like dropping in on a scene here where Jesus was meeting with some people. And it says, and his, meaning Jesus, and his mother's, And his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Right? So here he is. He's got a crowd around him, which would not be unusual if Jesus is around. Right? People drawn to him like a magnet. Right? Whether they would like to receive healing or just to to know what he's about. Right? Um, and, and so they're crowded around him, obviously on the inside, because they mentioned the words inside and outside. So they're inside somewhere, and his family is outside saying, hey, could you let our son know we're here, right? And Jesus answered them, who are my mother and brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and brothers, For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Now, Jesus has nothing against biological families, okay? That's not really his point. His point is he's just trying to say there is a spiritual family, and they consist of those people who do the will of God, okay? And certainly, as we've talked before about being in Christ and becoming a Christian, there's evidence for our faith right? we, that we're walking with the Lord. We're not perfect, but there's evidence there, and we're, we're pursuing to do the will of God. And so he's saying, uh, if that's who you are, that you're my, in a sense, brothers and sisters, right? Now, you can read all over the New Testament, and practically every letter that's read or written in the New Testament, uh, the writer refers to those group of Christians as brothers and sisters, right? Brothers and sisters. And so uh, you put all that together and you see that when you're a Christian, you're, you're put into a family, a spiritual family. And um, I hope that you have experienced a sense of a spiritual family here at Darby Creek. And when I just remember when I first became a believer, when I first um, put my faith in Christ, and, and just as time went on, I just realized, you know, this is a, this is like family to me, and it's nothing to say anything negative about my biological family. I love my mother and father; they they love me, and you know, they took care of me. And there was, but but you know, when I was away from home, and I was here at college, and that's where my church family was, and 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 we uh, shared each other's lives together. We went through heartache, and we we went through celebrations together. Uh, we, we were learning about Jesus together, and this is, this is a sense of a spiritual family, okay? And 
um, a, a church, a Christian church, is meant to be that. It, it is a, a spiritual family, all right? And so we need to realize that's, that's who we are. We're members in the family of God if you've put your faith in Christ, which really reads, leads us to the next point. Is like, well, we, how do we come into this family? Uh, we come into the family of God by faith. Uh, I'm not going to belabor the point, uh, but I do want to mention it because I'd be remiss because so many people, and maybe you've heard this said before, they say, well, we're all children of God. We're all children of God. And I think I know what they mean by that. Um, sometimes they mean that we're made in the image of God. Okay, and in that sense, we, I guess we could say that. You know, we're all made in God's image. We're humans, and we are created in God's image. But, but in this sense, we're talking about here, um, when you're born physically into this world, you're not put into the family of God immediately, okay? Um, this is not a family that you're born into. It's a family you're actually adopted into, okay? Um, and so let me read to you some scriptures here. Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 to 26 says, the apostle Paul says, let me put it another way. Now, this is in the New Living Translation. He says, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. So there's that phrase again, through faith, how we're made right with God. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For we, excuse me, for you are all children of God, listen, through faith in Christ. And I just love how this verse puts it together, right? You are all children of God through faith in Christ. And that just really puts it together. How do you come into the family of God? Through faith in Christ. And as we spoke about in communion uh, just a few moments ago, you know, we're talking about acknowledging When we're talking about putting our faith in Christ, we're talking about acknowledging our need for a Savior, that we are indeed sinners in need of a Savior. We don't follow God's ways. Um, In fact, I would say a a, a major portion of my life was in rebellion to God, really in my heart at the very least, if not in my actions as well, for sure, at times. And so so we, we all need a Savior, and when the light comes on, hopefully, that Oh, I need a Savior, me personally. That Jesus, you know, uh, when he died on the cross and rose again from the dead, when he died on that cross, um, he wasn't just dying there for, you know, really bad people, you know. Uh, but for every person who would come to put their faith in him, because we all need forgiveness, like we talked about in our communion time. And the only way to receive it is by faith. Um, and Paul's saying here, listen, you can't, you can't come into a relationship with God. You can't come into this family by doing a list of to-dos and by avoiding a list of to-don'ts, okay? That's not how you come into the family of God. He's pointing back to the law, meaning in the Old Testament where we'd have these, uh, whether it's ceremonial laws or cleansing laws to try to make, you know, kind of... The, the, of course, they never really made you clean. That was pointing forward to one who would make us clean. And by the way, if you want to read a great book of the Bible that, that really connects a lot of that stuff with, you know, with what Jesus did and how he, he um, fulfilled 
a lot of a lot of those laws in the Old Testament, you read the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is wonderful for that, okay? Because it, it, it always kind of, uh, the, the big theme in Hebrews is Jesus is greater than, and then you just name it, <laughs> right? He, he's, he's better than the sacrifices that were offered in the Old Testament. You get that from Hebrews chapter 10. Like those sacrifices pointed forward to the ultimate sacrifice, right? So, so Paul's making a big thing here saying, listen, we really come into the family of God by receiving the gift of forgiveness by faith, meaning we, we believe Jesus came to do what he said he came to do, right? right? So he says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why he came. If you believe that and you acknowledge your need for the, the Savior and you receive it, acknowledge that, then you too can be part of the family of God. But make no mistake, not everyone is a child of God in this sense. Only those who through faith receive the gift that Christ offers. That's it. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up in the Berlisle household, the Berlisles had to do certain things when you're part of the Berlisle family. There were some responsibilities. Now, I didn't always measure up to those responsibilities, as my father, I'm sure, could still tell you to this day. Okay? But... But there are responsibilities for being part of a family. There's things we need to do. And so, uh, I don't know if you really thought about this before, but being a part of a church family, uh, there are responsibilities uh, just by being in the family of God. And so, uh, I want to hit on some of those. Again, this is not an exhaustive list uh, whatsoever. But one of those... um, uh, I'm just going to skip this verse here. Uh, John 1, 12 and 13 talks about receiving Christ. Um, but, but this idea of as, as members in God's family, we have responsibilities. And by the way, today you're doing one of them. Right now, as you sit here, as you have come out to gather together, and as you're even gathered together there online, right? As you're, if you're seeking to be with us, and I know not everybody can be with us here, Right? But to gather together with God's family, that's one of the responsibilities, okay? Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. I I don't have the scripture printed out for you up here on the screen, but I will read it to you. Listen, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. Verse 25 says, Not neglecting to meet together. Not neglecting to meet together. And it's very straightforward. It's very clear. He says, listen, we are together. Uh, there, there is a, a reason for our gathering. And he actually stated at least uh, one of the reasons here. He says, he says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so you see, one of the reasons we need to gather together is to encourage one another. I don't know about you, but there are days when I'm just like, man, I could really use a good shot of encouragement, right? And, and one of the ways that we get encouraged is by one another, okay, one another. There are other ways, but one another. And so we need to be with, okay? 
Linda and I always uh, joke about our dogs. We, we kind of call them be with dogs. In other words, they want to be wherever you are. Now, maybe that's what most dogs do, but, so, you know, I, cats are a little different. I'm not a cat person. Sometimes cats could just care less whether you're there or not. But, but at least our dogs are, are kind of be with dogs. They are just, they're, they're, they want to be with you, right? And, um, and so we need to want to be with each other. Okay, and that's critical, is the need to gather together. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. Lone Ranger Christian is an oxymoron, or I guess I should say Lone Ranger Biblical Christian. It's like oxymoron. Is, is that someone, for someone to say, uh, I love Jesus, but not the church, um, I can understand what might lead somebody to say that? Like, I, I know that people have experienced hurt in the church or whatever, had bad experiences in the church. Um, but I just have to say this, you know, the church is full of imperfect people. And so you just have to realize um, you're going, any church is full of sinners just like you are, okay? I mean, they have just different problems, Okay. And we're all, you know, hopefully as, as Christ followers, we're pursuing to grow in those areas and to get victory in those areas, but it's a process. Um, and so, so we're going to be, we, we've got differences, and, and that really is going to lead us to the next thing besides gathering together is we've got to maintain our unity. We need to maintain our unity. And notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say maintain uniformity. Okay? That's different. Uniformity, what, you know, what does uniform mean? It means like we all wear the same thing. We all kind of look the same. You know, we, you know, we all think the same on everything. Well, uh, I could tell you what. We all don't think the same on anything sitting in here. We all don't like the same kind of music. We don't even like the same kind of church music, probably. We, we probably all like it at a different level of volume. I like mine loud. You, maybe you like your soft. I don't know. But, but you know, or, or you, you like this or you like that. There's preferences for sure, different preferences, but I think the thing to do is to realize that um, those are just preferences and that we need to unite around our core beliefs. Our core mission as a church, right, to, uh, is, to, is to make disciples, right, to, to help others come to know the love of Christ and to spread the love of Christ and to help each other grow in Christ. And so in doing that and carrying out the mission that God has for the church, to make disciples, right, is that we will have relationship with each other, right? And sparks fly at times because of differences, sometimes differences in personality, sometimes differences of opinion. And uh, you will have a relational rift with someone here, uh, I'm sure. Uh, That is if you're least engaged in relationships, Right? Now, if you're not, and you're just kind of aloof, and you kind of come in, and you go, and you come in, and you go, but you're not really engaged in relationship, you, could, you might be able to avoid that. But a big part of our uh, growth program that God has us on, I guarantee, is meant to be done in relationships. Okay? You will be pushed to grow in Christ as you have to work things through with fellow believers. Okay? And that's a fact. I know a big part of God's uh, curriculum 
in our lives is involving relationships and working through the things, working together with things. And so we have to maintain unity. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Listen to this. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Eager. I like that. In other words, uh, I'm going to, and you're going to, if you're going to be uh, a part of this family of God, you need to uh, be eager to maintain the unity of the body. All right? And that means, you know, if, if nothing else, uh, don't make mountains out of molehills. Major on the majors. Okay? Um, and sometimes you just have to look, overlook an offense. Um, sometimes you need to address them. You know, that's part of that relational curriculum that God's got you on to grow you up, right? Um, but, but we need to be eager to maintain this. And so one, one aspect of unity, too, as I think, is about, is about doctrinal unity. One of the reasons we did that Apostles' Creed message series is so we could say, you know, there's a lot more things that we could talk about, but, but you know, the stuff we covered there is like, is bare bones stuff that, what it means to be a Christian church, okay, and what Christian churches believe. Now, there are other things we believe that are also important, but the Apostles' Creed does a good job of summarizing some of the core beliefs that are non-negotiables, okay, non-negotiables. And so, part of maintaining unity in the body here is that you... Uh, would make sure that you're studying your Bible so that you know that the teachings that we have and the things we do don't go in contradiction to that, right? That you're supposed to help us uh, stay on the, the straight and narrow doctrinally too. Yes, the elders, we're going to try to do our due diligence, right? But be like in the book of Acts, the Bereans, right? Who heard the teachings of the apostles and they went to study them to see if these things were true, right? And so um, we need to maintain doctrinal unity, but, but so much of this unity has to relate with relationships. Now, did you catch some of the things he said in those first couple of verses there? Humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another. Those are all qualities that are going to make the unity happen, that are going to make the relational things work out, okay, is we got it being humble in relationships, right? It's going to help us work things out. In other words, when we have a conflict, I got to come at to it. Well, maybe I'm not seeing something the way I should see it. Maybe I was wrong. You know, that takes some humility, right? Gentleness when we're addressing each other and working with each other. Be understanding. When it, when it says bearing with one another in love, I think of this, be, it's, like, it's kind of like, be understanding. When I teach my classes that I'm assigned at Columbus State, I have to be careful because I've done it so long, sometimes I can develop preconceived ideas about students 
Like, oh, you're one of those students that does this. You know, like, without even really knowing them. And that's just wrong. I need to, you know, though my job is not a psychologist in teaching, I do need to care about my students enough to try to understand them. Like, there, there needs to be a certain level of understanding, like, what's going on with them? Because invariably, what's going on with them affects their, their academics. And there enters the conversation. Hey, what's going on? I notice this is happening. What's happening, you know? And I notice if I have that kind of an attitude to go into it with understanding, I'm a lot more gracious, a lot more forgiving, and, and so on. And so I think that's the way it needs to be with us, is that the more we're, we're with each other, and get to know each other's story, like what makes us us? Because, you know, I, I've been on this planet near 57 years now, and there's a lot of story behind me that has made me what I am now, okay? And if you got to know me, you might understand then why I do certain things the way I do. Now, that doesn't excuse any sin or anything. We're not talking about that, but I'm just saying, but it helps you understand. You get that? And I think part of a church family is that component of, of, of understanding each other, spending time with each other, hearing your stories, right? Um, and that may sound kind of fluffy. Some, you know, there's different kinds of people. You know, some people are like, I don't want to do that. You know, let's just do the stuff, you know? <laughs> but, but, but we need to, but again, I, I really think if we're going to maintain unity, I think it's more easily maintained when we know each other. When you really know each other. Okay? And that takes time. Right? That takes being together, whether it's in small groups, but outside of groups, having dinners together, having coffee together. It takes time. Which means that takes intentionality. Right? That, that stuff doesn't happen. I don't know about you. Unless it's in the calendar, it's never going to happen. Tell my, my wife will tell you, if it doesn't end up in my calendar, it never happens. I forget. With the best of intentions, I'll say, yeah, I'll go buy Kohl's on the way home. I'll go buy Target and pick that up. And if it's not my calendar, it's definitely not going to happen. And sometimes it still doesn't happen. Because I've, you know, the calendar. I forget to look at the calendar, right? But, but anyway, um, I'm just saying, if we want to maintain unity, it takes intentionality. Because I feel that what Paul's telling us, if we're going to maintain this type of unity, we need to be together, Okay? And that's been really hard this last year, hasn't it? Being together. Um, and, I, and I understand that. You know, and so, but we need to find ways to still do that because we're still human. <laughs> we still need each other, man. You know, and, and um, uh, screen time just doesn't always do it, okay, as, as much as we can. If you can. I know not everybody can. But if you can, we need face-to-face time, okay? All right. So maintain unity. Now, um, and this kind of fits, dovetails with this, is we're to love and care for each other. That's one of our responsibilities, to love and care for each other. Uh, and, and again, there's a number of verses we could go to here. You know, Jesus mentions it in John 13, 34, and 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Right? And then he says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So there's a missional component to people seeing us 
love each other, okay? And to live out maintaining that unity or to live out even some of the one another's in Scripture, as I'll mention here in just a second. So Jesus is telling his disciples, love one another. And then in Galatians 6.10, it says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and this is interesting, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Especially to those who are of the household of faith. Well, you know, we, he says we need to uh, do good to everybody, but especially make sure you're taking care of those in your spiritual family. Okay? So we got to... You know, uh, we got to look out for each other. Now, I encourage you this week to get out on a search engine and, and Google uh, the one another's in the Bible. The one another's in the Bible. And you'll find things like build up one another, be devoted to one another, encourage one another. Right, we got the references there. Pray for one another, serve one another, use their spiritual gift or gifts to benefit one another. And there's all these expressions. These are like expressions of love and care, right? And, and so, you know, praying for someone in this church is loving them. It's caring for them. Serving them is the same, right? Using your gifts, as we said, and and. Being devoted to one another. That's, that's a strong word, devoted. That means I'm not going to bail on the first sign of trouble. That's what devotion is in a sense. It's like I'm not going to bail just because something happened, right? We're going to work it out, right? So, so we have to love and to care for one another, and that's all part of our responsibilities. Now, there's a lot we didn't get into today. We could have talked about, you know, that we're called to respect those who lead in the church and to respond to the leadership. Hebrews 13, 17. Um, we, we could have talked about, you know, helping others to come to know Christ. That's a responsibility, you know, to, to witness, to be a witness, right? But, but we just, you just need to be, realize that I think that sometimes, um, you know, and, and maybe this is not you, but, you know, when I was on, when I was joined sports teams, I never joined them so that I could sit the bench, now, that may have been a reality at times, but I did not say, I want to join the team so I won't get to play. No. No, and so, you know, when, we, when we're involved in a church family, um, it should be our desire to be involved with each other, okay, to get to know each other. And I know that some people are more um, extroverted than others and all that, and, uh, but we still need these relationships, uh, we still need to care for one another. The body needs you, right? That's what Paul tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 12. You, you know, one member can't say to another, I don't need you. you know, the, the thumb can't say to the little toe, I don't need you. you no, know, we need all the parts, right? So, so I, I hope and pray that today as we've looked at this, this um, uh, part of our identity as being in the family of God, as members in the family of God, would encourage you to say, you know what, what am I doing to participate in that family? Am I engaged with the family? Am I, am I fulfilling some of these responsibilities? Now, as I look at these responsibilities, they're actually blessings too. Because, you know, if, 
if I feel, fulfill my responsibility as a believer in the church, you should be blessed because if I'm using my gifts or if I'm serving you or whatever, you, you get blessed. Well, same thing happens back to me if you're doing your responsibility, right? So these responsibilities aren't a weight. They're actually also a blessing. Okay. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessing of the church, the church family, and just your desire for us to be, a, that we, when we actually are a part of it when we believe. We are placed into the family of God, and you want us to participate in that. We have certain responsibilities, and we didn't even go through any kind of an exhaustive list, but just even the ones that we did, Father, help us to maintain the unity of the body. Lord, help us to, to love one another, and, and uh, Father, just help us to care for one another. Help us to use our gifts and pray for one another. Just um, let us be sensitive and let, towards one another. Let us be humble uh, and patient with one another. And so that others, when they, when they look in or get a taste of that love, uh, they, they, they know that we are your disciples. They're, they're going to want to, they'll know we're Jesus' people. We need your help, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name, amen.